Hello, I hope you're well. I am so happy to be talking with you today. It has been a tough week for me, and um, I'm actually in a better place, and so I'm happy to be speaking today. I was worried earlier in the week that I would be maybe in a too negative of a framework to to have anything useful to contribute. Um, so, so thank you for joining me. I wanted to um, begin, as always, by um, expressing my gratitude that you're spending a few minutes of your day listening to me ramble about making and recovery. I find it so helpful to share here, and it makes me feel so less alone to know that there are a few others out there who are also interested in thinking about the way that making and knitting and sewing and crafting of all kinds um, intersects with recovery. Recovery for me is um, linked to a 12-step program. For me, it's Al-Anon. And um, as always, uh, you should take what you like and leave the rest. I am not speaking here um, from a perspective of Al-Anon. I'm just sharing my own personal story of strength and hope. So my partner is having a tough week as well, and that's probably why I am. Although, I mean, Lord knows there's enough reasons to be having a tough week here in the good old United States of America. Um, My kids are still doing virtual school. It feels like we are the only family in America who is still doing virtual school from home, although I know that's not true. And um, one of the things that made this week tough is that I've just been having anxiety having a lot of free-floating anxiety um, in the middle of the night, sort of as insomnia, and then um, also in the middle of the day during virtual school from home, particularly with my daughter who does not love it. She's younger, and she finds it really um, also anxiety-provoking, and so we have some frustrating moments where We have, you know, I just want things to go smoothly so that I can check out and do my own work. And of course, um, she needs a little bit more attention from me in order to succeed at the task that she has. And so I'm finding that I have to really prioritize my parenting over work. And that is causing me um, a lot of anxiety. Partly because, like, I think a lot of us in Al-Anon, but maybe just me, (laughs) my workaholism is one of the ways in which I um, coped with all kinds of um, aspects of this family illness, both in my primary family, um, which I can now see more clearly was touched by this disease, and then also in my marriage. And one of the things that um, shifted over time is that I became the primary breadwinner and that I was also the primary parent. And as my husband's disease progressed, he just wasn't able to contribute in meaningful ways and in fact was often um, a chaotic influence in our home more than anything helpful. I know you all, if you've loved somebody who's struggling with an addiction, I'm sure you know what that feels like. Anyway, um, all of that's to say is that my um, therapist and I have been talking about how this might be, um, although it's deeply uncomfortable for me right now, this might be a good moment in my recovery because it allows me to really notice the ways in which I um, use work as a coping device. And I use um, my skill in one area of my life in order to cope with a feeling of inadequacy in another. 
What does this have to do with crafting? Well, not surprisingly, the only thing that I can do during <laughs> virtual school um, is knit. Uh, and so I've been knitting. I've been knitting very small projects. I actually downloaded, I don't know if you've seen it, it's, um, it's on Ravelry. I think it was one of the patterns um, that was popular this week, but it's a little Christmas ornament of a dumpster fire. <laughs> And I had been making a baby hat that was rainbow, and I had all the colors I needed, um, red, orange, yellow, green, which is where I tapped out of the baby hat because the green was too dark for the red, yellow, and orange. I had this very happy rainbow, and then I had this very somber green. That quite literally is the color of a dumpster. And so I was thinking and I saw that pattern and I was like, oh my gosh, I have the yarn for this. Um, and so I did, I don't know, maybe this is speaking to my anxiety, but that I, uh, I frogged the baby hat, the happy, hopeful baby hat. Um, and I made instead two mini dumpsters as hilarious joke gifts for my friends for the holidays coming up. And... The project's fussy. It's not fun to knit tiny things that are, um, I don't, maybe you all love it. I don't. I don't love the amaguchi or whatever they're called. Um, they're so cute, um, but I find that um, my tension is off. Like, I just, you know, I, I have my go-to comfort knits, and for me, that's socks and shawls. <laughs> A few sweaters, but mostly socks and shawls. Anyway, um, but I had like hit a roadblock in my shawl that I'm working on that I was fearful that I didn't have enough yarn and I was trying to figure out how I was going to deal with that for this little mini section that I had to get through. And you know how when you hit a roadblock with a knitting project, then it just becomes um, in um, danger of becoming an unfinished object. So I put it off to the side. I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't have the bandwidth to think through how to solve the problem. So I was like, okay. Um, my daughter, like, literally needs me to stand next, sit next to her and be paying attention. Like, she needs solidarity. She feels lonely. It's really um, a full-time job to work with her. And, of course, as the primary breadwinner of my family, I have a full-time job. And that job is um, demanding right now. And I don't have enough time to do it. And so I would just get anxious, anxious, anxious. So I've been making, I've been channeling that anxiety um, into my hands, into these dumpster fire ornaments, <laughs> um, which I think I have two friends of mine that I'm making it for who I think will um, appreciate the story of how they were made um, as much as the finished object. But my anxiety is, I, I, all of this is to say that my anxiety is really high right now. And it's not normally my um, mode of being. My, I tend more depressive than anxious. And um, it's, so it's, it's really throwing me for a loop, enough that I notice it. And, and that's kind of what I want to talk about, that there might be, just as my therapist is suggesting, that there might be something positive um, at the end of this experience, that I'm noticing my anxiety, that I'm noticing the ways in which I feel discombobulated when I can't do the thing that makes me normally feel better, um, which is work, work, work. Um, and that, you know, this disruption in my normal mode of operating might actually lead to a healthier way of working and being in the world once all of this is over. That's her point. I'm not sure I'm 100% buying it yet, but that's what she said to me. Um, and so I have been noticing my anxiety this week and really trying to change my mindset. And what would make me feel better, I think, is, you know, 
doing some things that I did before in chaotic moments um, where I had that same feeling about work and parenting and mothering and specifically. And it was when my daughter was first born and I had postpartum and I had a young kid and an alcoholic husband and now a new baby and we also got a puppy, which is a long story. One of those magical alcoholic thinking moments that we can now laugh in retrospect about and was a good decision for our family because we love our dog. But oh my goodness, the last thing I needed that year was a puppy. And one of the things I did was wake up incredibly early in order to have an hour of quiet in which I was able to do the work that I needed to do. And what it helped me to prioritize was that later in the day, I could give my attention fully to my children and then also take a little bit of time for myself without feeling that overwhelming guilt of not working and freaking out about that. And so I'm doing it this week and it's been helping. The other thing that I wanted to suggest and how noticing negative feelings can help me maybe shift my mindset or change my attitude, um, or at least mark that I need to change my attitude, um, has to do with crafting and inspiration. I was taking some time for myself. I was watching a um, blog, vlog, YouTuber, whatever, and it was a discussion kind of aligned with this same theme, right? That sort of sense of needing to prioritize parenting. Um, and somehow, though, it became a discussion about work versus parenting and how it was appropriate as mom to choose parenting over work. And I had a lot of strong reactions to that. Obviously, my family does not match that setup. There's no way, it's not a choice for me, unfortunately, right now as a single mom to pick parenting over work. I have to do both, and they're both aligned with the responsibilities that I have to provide for my children, both in terms of being a loving, caring parent, and then also a sane adult that can create a safe harbor for them. And that just wasn't part of this picture, and I understand why. This is the person's platform. They should speak their truth just as I'm speaking mine. And I can take what I like, and I can leave the rest. But I didn't. Oh my goodness, y'all. I um, I had a lot of strong reactions. I typed out a comment, and then I deleted it. I gave a thumbs down, and then I undid that. And thankfully, I was able to notice my strong reaction and to realize that I didn't want to put more negative energy into the world. I wanted to shift it. I wanted to prioritize myself and take what I want and leave the rest and allowing myself to leave the rest behind. And so I did. I unfollowed. I'm taking a break. I then also started to notice all the other kinds of ways in which in some of my social media feeds, my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, things that are like not giving me um, comfort or are actively producing like anxiety for me. I just sort of muted, (laughs) blocked, or unfollowed, and it felt so freeing. And it also means that these digital tools are now a lot more um, calming to use. I'm having uh, a better time sort of using it sanely, like appropriately, like an adult. rather than feeling like I'm always reacting to something that's outside of me. 
Um, and I know that that's just the time period that we're in. Everyone is so reactive and there's so much to react to. And I don't want to say that I'm trying to create like a bubble for myself. But what I am trying to do is to realize that I have to shape my own attitude and that this is one of the ways I can do it. And so there's been a little bit of a positive reaction to it. Like I said, I've been returning to books, crafting books, and some of them are like super out of step, but I'm finding real joy in them. I'm still reading sweater design and plain English and just delighting in uh, the way she's talking about designing sweaters and yarns. I mean, there's some really funny, you can tell it was written, I think, in the early aughts. There's a whole lot of like green angora. <laughs> And fun for her. Joy. Her her wisdom is sound. She says the more elaborate the yarn, the simpler the stitch, and the more um, plain the yarn, the more elaborate the stitch, which is, it seems like good advice. It's all about balance, right? Anyway, so I've been turning to my books, and I've also been um, listening to music and rather than podcasts, and really setting my own agenda. So for me, that means I cut out like three patterns to sew up. And so I'm, I'm working on that and it feels really good to have set things in the works that I planned out for myself and I'm using up my stash and that feels really great. Like I said, I'm knitting my dumpster fire ornament, which is a little bit absurd, but it's, you know, helping me in those moments during the day. And I even solved my shawl dilemma and I'm pushing ahead with something that is not quite perfect, um, but that will hopefully um, yield a nice result. And in the, in the end, I'm telling myself a bit of um, asynchronous, non-perfect uh, stitches in the middle of the shawl that probably only I will notice um, can help me appreciate um, the work and the joy in the work and the process. Um, of what it took to create it rather than just trying to create something that I'll just post online and, you know, have more for external validation rather than internal validation. I don't know if that makes sense. That sounds so dire. But the other thing, last thing I'll say is that I finished my coat and oh my gosh, it was such a beast of burden. It was so fussy and I was sadly so upset with the way the hem looked. Um, I think I did something wrong. I think I like cut the lining a little too short. So something weird was happening with the way that the hem was lining. And so I took my time and I hand sewed the, the hem and closed the coat that way. And I steamed the heck out of it. I had the joy of using a clapper and um, I really did get the coat to a point where, because it's wool, I was able to finagle it so that it looks really nice. So I have this really nice coat. It is unfortunately like <laughs> way still very much humid uh, season here in DC. It's like not coat wearing weather. It is not coat making weather. I mean, I was boiling every time I tried to put, tie this thing on for fit. Um, but the end result is that it's done. I'm pretty happy with it. And I think one of the things that, again, to kind of tie this together is that noticing the negative, noticing the wonky hem that is um, not perfect, 
um, reminds me that this is my first coat and I made it and it is made out of recycled materials. I didn't spend really any money on it. I used all upcycle materials, even the clapper was from upcycle. I did have to pay to get the pattern printed. I didn't, you know, I was testing the pattern so I didn't have to pay for the pattern, but, and obviously thread and interfacing. So it wasn't like a free thing. It is certainly a privilege to create this. And I'm happy and grateful for that because I work and I can spend the money that I earn. That's one of the joys that I have of being self-sufficient. And it doesn't make me less of a mom to work. Um, and for those of us who are trying to you know, protect our families financially, it can feel so daunting to, to hear the ways that family gets talked about in some of these crafting online spaces it's so normative it's so it just seems like it's i can't imagine what it's like to have a partner who is um contributing and sometimes i recognize this isn't about them this is about me sometimes when i see those families i feel envy but noticing that allows me to change the attitude unfollow temporarily find some creative inspiration and give it to myself, pour um, what's needed into my own cup. And in the end, that will hopefully, you know, changed attitudes can lead to recovery. Ugh, I'm gonna end there. I feel like maybe you can tell this is, it's been a tough week, <laughs> but I'm gonna do um, some tools. I'm gonna work in the mornings. I'm gonna do some meditation. I'm trying to Make sure I'm exercising, petting my dog, and being patient with my daughter. Knitting my dumpster fire. <laughs> so, I hope you're well. I hope you have beautiful materials to work with. I hope that this is inspiring you and not creating agita or anxiety for you. And if so, just unfollow. Um, I, no harm, no foul. I won't be offended. Um, but... If this does resonate with you, thanks again for listening. Like I said, it really helps me to share here and to know that I'm not alone. Take care. Bye.